You're listening to Understanding the Law Radio, your business success and legal information station. Hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont. And if you're a Game of Thrones fan, well, we might have something right up your alley today. Today, I'm going to be talking about making decisions. In particular, we're going to be talking about four ways that you can limit making bad decisions. And we're going to do it while talking about Game of Thrones. We are going to make decisions as if we are on the Iron Throne. That's right. So let's jump right into it. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the last episode, The Bells, of Game of Thrones. So if you are one of those few people in the world who have not yet seen the episode, don't listen to this podcast until after you've seen it. But I'm going to assume that the vast majority of Game of Thrones fans have seen this episode. Amazing episode. I know that people complain about everything. People love it, people hate it, and then you've always got those those naysayers. Um, this was too dark, and this was that, and it's happening too fast. And I thought it was an awesome episode. All right, let's jump into it then. Perched high atop King's Landing, Daenerys Targaryen, she had a decision to make. Would she accept the surrender of the Lannister forces, or would she direct Drogon to impose his fiery will upon the opposing forces, destroy the city, and kill thousands of civilians and allies, including Jon Snow? Well, if you watched the last episode of Game of Thrones, The Bells, then you know what sweet Danny decided to do. And as we approach the series finale, um, we're all wondering, what impact will her decision have on herself, Jon Snow, those loyal to him, and all the men and women who witnessed her merciless descent and murderous rampage. I mean, she became unhinged. And I think that the um, most interesting scene for me, especially if we're talking about making decisions, is when she's sitting on top of Drogon and she is looking at the Red Keep and you could see the decision-making process going on in her mind. She looks down at the surrendering army. She looks up at the Red Keep. She's thinking about Cersei. She's thinking about all these things that have happened to her and her family. And instead of choosing to accept the surrender, she, of course, directs the dragon to set fire to everything and everybody and destroy King's Landing. And it's that moment where she had that choice to make. You know, she could have just contained her anger and her emotions, and things might have been different. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But every day we face moments when we must make a decision and choose our path. Now, according to science.unctv.org, it's estimated that the average adult makes about 35,000 remotely conscious decisions each day. That's a lot of decision-making. Of course, each decision that we make carries inevitable consequences with it that are both good and bad. From the moment we wake up, we're faced with choices like, what should I wear? What should I eat for breakfast? What should I tell my boss about being late? Should I start my own business? And so on. When we're in the moment, like Daenerys was, we may choose the wrong path. 
and then we have to live with the consequences of our actions. Since we can't avoid making decisions, how can we limit the bad choices that we make? Well, there's scientific evidence that suggests that the smallest part of our brain is integral in the decision-making process, and we all seem to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. So science is telling us pretty much you are, you know, you're screwed because you've got the smallest part of your brain helping you with decision-making, and you're just going to be doomed to repeat these same mistakes over and over again. But is it possible to train ourselves to become better decision-makers? And I say yes. Just like physical exercise, the more we train our decision-making muscles, the better, stronger, and more flexible they will become. So here are four tips to help you reduce making bad decisions. Like, I don't know, wiping out most of King's Landing, slaughtering women and children, and making mortal enemies with those who once loved you. Well, maybe your decisions aren't usually that drastic, but you get my point. All right, so let's jump into the list. Number one, and and this is really, I think, where Daenerys went wrong. Keep your emotions in check. I know it's easier said than done, but just because it's not easy doesn't mean that you should let your emotions lead you into making bad decisions. When I was young, I had a teacher who told us that when we get upset, with our classmates or teachers, we should count to 10 or say a quick prayer. Yes, I went to a Catholic school. Uh, Before we say anything out of anger that we'll regret later. It sounds corny, especially as a kid. It was like, are you kidding me? But as an adult, I think you realize the wisdom in this teacher's words. And I'm sure that you guys have all experienced the same or similar things where somebody's told you, you know, anything from count to 10, go out in the yard and run around or or whatever, think before you speak, basically. Now, making decisions based solely on our emotional state at the time is a surefire way of making regrettable decisions. For example, don't we all know someone who fell in love at first sight and decided on a whim to get married? They're all caught up in the moment and decided, hell yeah, it's a good idea to get married at the Elvis wedding chapel. Excluding the one in a million scenario, how many Vegas Golden Knights, and no, I'm not talking about the NHL franchise, actually pan out in the long run? And I'm going to take a guess here, and I'm going to say very few. What about the person who had a bad day at work? Perhaps the boss is like Bill Lumberg. Now, for those of you who don't know who Bill Lumberg is, we're talking about Office Space here. One of the funniest movies, and I... I think maybe you have to have worked to get it. I think like kids, teenagers, it's funny, but they don't really get it. I think if you have worked for a company at some point in your life, you get it. Well, anyway, let's assume that your boss is like Bill Lumberg. He moves your desk in the basement. He takes your swing line stapler, and he's going to need you to come in on Saturday. Well, let's say that this person has had enough. They're done. Should they act on impulse and tell Bill, hey, Bill, take this job and shove it? What if they have no savings, no backup plan, and a family to support? I think that most of us are going to agree that this person has to suck it up and then start planning to make a change instead of acting irrationally, all based on emotion. We all experience some level of emotional response to certain stimuli, 
The difference between good decision makers and poor ones is that the good ones can suppress their emotions long enough for their rational thoughts to take over. When you feel your blood boil or you think about all the terrible things that Cersei did to your family, stop. Do something to interrupt your emotional response. Count, pray, pace, clap, breathe, anything that would interrupt that pattern and wait for your rational thought to return. In most cases, it only takes a few moments. Then with your emotions in check, decide your next move. All right, number two, do your homework. Before you decide on a whim to quit your job, to start a business, to get married, or make any other rash decision, do your homework. So for example, with a business, can you afford to quit your job? Can you successfully launch your own business? What's your business model? Who are your target clients? Before you make a significant life decision like this, you've got to make sure that you understand your situation and spend time doing research and planning. It's not a good idea to jump off the edge just because you can. You need to make sure that you have spent enough time looking at the risks and benefits and formulating a plan. To coin a phrase from Ben Franklin, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. So do your homework before you make a decision. Number three, to thine own self be true, as was once said in Hamlet. You are the person making the decision. Whether you're deciding what to name your new baby or whether to partner with a China-based supplier for your business, only you know you. Making decisions based on what other people want for you is never the right course. Even loved ones who have your best interests at heart can't make decisions for you. I'm going to give you an example. I was out to dinner with my wife and kids a few weeks ago, and I overheard a young couple on what sounded like a, I don't know, second or third date. And the guy asked the girl what she was going to order for dinner. She responded, I really can't decide. You choose for me. Now, being married for 20 years, I know that this, I knew right then that this poor guy was doomed. He had no way of recovering. So he ordered her the same thing that he chose for himself. And she heard the order. She smiled politely. And a short while later, dinner was served. And as she looked at her steak, she saw a wagon load of mushrooms and a huge serving of couscous. As her date started to chow down on the steak, you know, she's there trying to remove the mushrooms and the sauce, and she's trying to get the couscous off the steak. And so the guy says to her, what's wrong? And she says, oh, I just hate mushrooms. I hate the flavor they leave. I hate everything about them. I hate the texture, and I also hate couscous. So clearly, she would have been happier if she ordered for herself, as would her date. And the point that I'm trying to make here is that you know yourself better than anyone else. So be you, do you, and make decisions that are in line with who you are. Don't let other people make them for you. It doesn't work out. All right, number four, study your history. Now, I know that not too many people like to think about the poor decisions of their past. Most of us try to bury these mistakes so deep down in our memory banks that we don't ever have to experience the pain that our bad decision caused us all over again. However, if we want to become better decision makers, then we must, and I mean must, review our past mistakes. 
studying our past can help us avoid making the same or similar bad mistakes in the future. You know, I was reading a study where they were talking about why human beings often repeat the same mistakes over and over again. And I don't know if I believe it, but one of the uh, studies suggested that the reason we do this is because we forget that we've made that bad decision already because we don't look at our past. We don't look at what we've done or where we've been. We just continue to make decisions. And oftentimes the decision we make you know, today is something that we've done 10 years ago. It didn't work out then. It's not going to work out now. So for example, if you own a business and let's say you have a difficult time with your staff, right? You hire people that just don't seem to mesh with you. You're constantly involved in a conflict with them. They're not doing what you need. They're not helping you grow your business. They're not making your days any easier. You need to look at your history. You need to find out where did you find these people from? What did you do when you interviewed them? What did you do when you screened them? You know, how did you select them? What were you doing, thinking? What was your approach when you did it? Because maybe if you study that, you'll say to yourself, well, you know, when I hired these people, I didn't think I could afford them or afford anybody better. Or when I hired these people, I thought that I needed, you know, A, B, and C from someone, but really I don't. You know, a whole host of things you could study and analyze Why did you make that decision at the time? And then what choices can you make or change from your past moving forward? I really strongly believe that looking at past failures can be an enlightening experience if you simply allow it to be. Well, while we're not going to know until the series finale this weekend, um, there's a good chance that Daenerys could end up regretting her decision to wipe out the people of King's Landing. And unfortunately, if... What I'm thinking is right. Unfortunately for Daenerys, she might not be able to learn from her poor choices moving forward. However, for us, if we focus on building our decision-making muscles by avoiding emotional reactions, analyzing possible outcomes, relying on ourselves and learning from the past, we may be able to ascend the Iron Throne. And I really think that um, it's... I, I personally like taking popular movies, television shows, and and things that are going on, and looking at real-world scenarios and tying them together because it provides us, I think, with a a nice visual. And if you look at, I mean, put aside the storyline for a second, but if you just watch Daenerys' face when she's thinking, I mean, the, the camera work, right, the cuts back and forth, you can you can feel that tension and you can feel that that you know, she's torn. And then in that instant, in that split second, she makes a decision. I'm going to say based on emotion. That she cannot undo. And I don't know what's going to happen to her, but I don't think anything good. You know, you've got someone like Jon Snow out there who didn't want to be the king. He didn't want the Iron Throne, but he might not have a choice because now people have seen what Daenerys had inside of her all along. If you go back to the point where 
you know, her, her brother was killed and, and, um, you could see her dark side, I guess you could say, and you could see that while she was trying to be a different leader, her goal was to take the throne. And if you follow her path throughout the series, um, she left a lot of people dead in, in her wake. I mean, she did it to liberate people, right? Like the, the unsullied and, and um, some of these other people. But bottom line here is they're all dead. And she had them tortured and beaten and punished. And so there's always been that dark side to her. But I think that it's just such a a stunning visual to see a decision being churned around and then ultimately made in that one part of the episode. And when you compare that to what we deal with on a, on a regular basis, you know, I, I think you can relate. I think all of us can relate to that. How many times, if you're parents, how many times have you been so frustrated with your kids? Maybe they're, they're driving you to the breaking point, especially those of us who have teenagers. And, you know, you, you want to say something hurtful or mean just because you're so upset. And you've got that decision. You're, you're angry. You're filled with emotion. You're, you're passionate because you love your kids, but you're unhappy with what they're doing. And you have that split second decision. What do I do? Do I say this or do I not? And, and many times the words we say to people, the things we do to people, you can't take them back. And even though you're angry and even though it's, you're, you're acting out of emotion, it could have a very, very damaging effect on people. And so that, that moment where you've got that decision is so powerful. And that's why I think that uh, the, the four tips that we talked about today can have a very positive impact on you if you follow them. And it can really help you limit it's not going to eliminate, nothing eliminates bad decisions. We're going to make them for the rest of our lives. But following those steps might help you limit the bad decisions that you might make moving forward. You know, for most of us, I think that a lot of our, our bad decisions are made at times of excitement or frustration or whatever it might be. You know, we're, we're talking about moments of highs and lows, and then all of a sudden we make a, a rash decision. But if we took a moment and interrupted our pattern, right? This, this pattern of, I'm excited because of this. I'm excited because of that. And now I'm going to go get married. We, there, there's no break in the pattern. It's like excitement. I love this person. Excitement. I love this person. Now let's go get married. But maybe if there had been some interruption of that pattern, some deep breathing, some whatever it might be, now you come back and you're like, oh, maybe it's not such a good idea. How many times have you met somebody for the first time? And whether it's a, a guy, a girl, doesn't make a difference. And the first encounter with them, you're like, oh my gosh, this person's awesome. It could be a friend. It could be a business colleague. It could be a, a love interest, whatever it might be. And you're like, oh, this person's great. I love hanging out with this person. 
and your first emotional decision is, this is awesome. And you throw yourself at it only to find out a few months later that this person is not what you thought he or she was. And now you don't want to hang out with that person. Maybe you jumped into it, right? I mean, we, we do it with relationships all the time. People just jump into relationships without thinking. People also jump into business deals, business ventures, starting new businesses without thinking about it. And that's what this, this topic today is all about. When you are faced with that ultimate moment of decision-making, you have to pull you you know pull from your reserves you've got to get your emotions in check think don't just react and follow these four tips and i assure you you're going to be able to make better decisions because if we could just look if you only follow one of those four you're going to be limiting the likelihood that you're going to make a bad decision but if you follow all four I think you're you're definitely on the right right track, and you know maybe if if Daenerys had thought about these four points, um, maybe everybody in King's Landing wouldn't be burnt to a crisp. So I'm just saying, I don't know. We'll see what happens in the final series uh, finale on Sunday, which I am quite excited about, and we'll see uh, we'll see what happens to her. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I, I would be shocked if I was wrong. I think that things are going to go horribly bad for her and it's going to be because of that one decision you know i mean if i was john i would be pretty upset i would be upset with myself for following her and and doing what she wanted me to do when deep down inside i probably knew it wasn't the right decision so we'll see and uh, and we'll talk about it after the series finale because it's definitely worth talking about <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks for joining me, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. If you'd like more information about the show, or if you'd like to take advantage of our business and legal self-help resources, including our extensive video library, then visit us online at utlradio.com. You can also find us over on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube. Now, if you have any questions about any of the topics that you've heard discussed on today's show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic for future shows, please feel free to reach out to me directly at pl at pjlesq.com. Or you can call us at 201-904-2211. Please also make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Also, share the information that you receive through this podcast with your family, your friends, and colleagues, and let them know about utlradio.com, your business success and legal information station.